Today's show is brought to you by Audible. No, it's not. I'm bringing the show to you today. Right. Anyway, Audible is offering my listeners a free audiobook, as well as anyone in the world a free audiobook, if they just go onto audible.com. However, if you want to be kind, you can go to audibletrial.com slash mindset to get the same offer available to anyone else in the world. But if you do go to audibletrial.com slash mindset, You'll also be giving me $15 when you sign up, and that would be really nice because then I can carry on making podcasts. If you have an Audible account already, I would suggest registering with a new email or signing up using your mum's account. But if you can't do any of those, or if you simply want to avoid Audible, which I understand, then I'd love it if you would consider supporting me on Patreon. You can find my page at patreon.com slash growthmindset and chuck me anything from a dollar upwards, and I will genuinely be eternally grateful for your support. Again, that's patreon.com slash growth mindset. Hello, and welcome to the Growth Mindset Podcast, your weekly dose of inspiration and exploration. Join me, your host, Sam Harris, as I discover how mindset can help you do incredible things through my conversations with the world's most interesting people, From tech billionaires to leading scientists, best-selling authors to notorious hackers. The goal is to increase our collective wisdom and attitudes to make us all happier and healthier, wiser and wealthier. Who doesn't want that? My guest today is Mike Winnett. He's a really fascinating individual and a rising personality, if you will. So this interview marks a real change from my normal interviews of how growth mindset can help you achieve your dreams because Mike is the UK's number one demotivational speaker. That's right, demotivational speaker. He specifically talks about why you shouldn't have big dreams, that you're never going to achieve them. So needless to say, this sparks some interesting debate between me and him. And surprisingly, we actually find some common ground around setting realistic goals and continuous improvement. Mike Winnett is actually a made-up personality, sort of like Ali G or Borat. The man behind Mike Winnett has a really interesting story building his own businesses and achieving his dreams, but I'm not actually allowed to reveal anything about him or his successes. He started Mike Winnett as an antidote to the online self-appointed leaders and entrepreneurs, or contrepreneurs as he describes them, who sell instant success if you pay like a huge fee to get like an instant formula to be super successful. Now Mike thinks if you need to pay someone to give you instant success, then you probably are never going to succeed and you should just save your money. And I'm inclined to say I do agree with this philosophy, which is why I'm happy to host him and this debate on the podcast. So without further ado, I give you my discussion with the world's number one demotivational speaker about entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, and entrepreneurs. Can you tell me about Mike Winnett and what it is you're trying to achieve? Yeah, so Mike Winnett is the UK's number one demotivational speaker. So I basically go around and tell people that have got their dreams and capabilities completely mixed up, that they shouldn't quit the nine to five rat race, they shouldn't go out and you know have a side hustle and they shouldn't go chasing that elusive dream of being an entrepreneur and living life on your terms because the, peop- the chance of you making it is so small. There's no point in trying because it's unhealthy. It can be a long, hard battle. And I don't think everyone's cut out for it. It's um, 
been glamorized recently. You know, like everyone wanted to be a rock star in the 80s and everyone wanted to be a film star in the 90s. And it seems like entrepreneurs are having their day now. Everyone wants to be an entrepreneur because it seems cool, mm-hmm. but it's not cool. Okay. <laughs> so kind of the opposite of the growth mindset where I'm like, you can do what the hell you want with your life. Anything's possible. Well, yes, um, I would call it shrink mindset. That's what I'm trying to get yeah. out of. It's just be happy with, you know, having a job roof mm. over your head, putting food on the table and paying the bills. Cool. More people need to accept being average and mediocrity. Mm. I Yeah, I think there's some really good points in there in that if you can accept what you've got and be happy with it, then that's super awesome and you're going to be like a happy person for the rest of your life, which is perhaps better than trying to be an entrepreneur. And whether you make it or not, you might never actually be happy because you're seeking the wrong things. Yeah, what, what are they might... chasing? That's what I don't get. Yeah. What are they chasing? It seems like a lot of them are aimlessly going around chasing in likes mm. you know oh, yeah. in search of the meaning of like rather than the meaning of life like what are you yeah, actually yeah. doing so i think it's really important to define your metrics of success and focus on like sanity metrics rather than vanity metrics so as in sure you might have a turnover of 10 million but perhaps you're not making profit or perhaps you're like stuck in the office all day every day it's better to sort of be making like, let's say that you've got a 10 million turnover mm. and you're making fifty thousand pounds profit yeah you might as well just go and work in the city exactly without having the stress and now having mm. people saying that they can't work today people going on maternity leave all these things that stress out business owners yeah sick christmas parties going tits up all these things that go wrong you might sort of remove all the stress Mm. yeah think of it like either way you're making 50 grand a year but if you're the entrepreneur you're working like all the hours of your life as opposed to if you're just working a nine to five you finish at five o'clock and you go home and you just enjoy your spare time well this is it who glamorizes that the 90 hour work weeks the 100 Mm. hour work week i'll give you um a real good example now there's a book it's called The One Minute Millionaire. Do you know this book? No. <laughs> yeah, so I think it sold 130 million I copies. Mean, Jesus. Now, now of what? course that book sold so many copies because if someone released a book that had the same message inside it that was called yeah. 100 Hour Work Week, which one do you think these entrepreneurs or yeah, entrepreneurs yeah. are going to buy? Everyone wants a shortcut to success. Yeah, definitely. So when you're seeing someone on Instagram with a leased Lamborghini with a photograph in front of a stately home where they're probably staying there for the weekend because they booked a holiday mm. there from Groupon and then they're posting all these pictures and they're filming vlogs there and all these kind of things you're going to think that that's attainable and you've seen these people do it within three four five months but that's absolute bullshit that's the same as these filters photographs that you see of people that's like one snippet in time where everything's going well no one wants to glamorize you the 99 percent of the time where mm. it really is like pushing water uphill Definitely. it's horrible yeah that's really true i literally watched the um a YouTube video yesterday of some guy being like, I had to make like a million pounds on Shopify. And this guy's like, oh, I've got this like great Shopify guy. And they literally just turn up to this rented apartment. Like, he's like, oh, we're moving into the new condo. There's no like furniture or anything. We just signed the lease today. It's worth like two million. We're on the waterfront. And here's my Lambo. And, and they talk about stuff for like half an hour and like about how successful they are in different parts of this condo. And then nobody do they tell you anything about how to run a business or launch a Shopify website. And at the end of it, oh yeah, now pay us like a grand to like, get our like info about how to actually run a shop our website and you're like oh god <laughs> there's hundreds of them yeah it's just so so bad how many how many of these gurus or inspirational leaders or business mentors have actually run a business mm. like i've met taxi drivers that tell me they're life coaches you know I've, <laughs> I've met like you know i'm a business mentor and i'm also an uber driver it's like well business mentor yourself out of this uber taxi and go and like start running a business how many businesses have you run mm. how many successful businesses have you run how many businesses have you sold but it, i don't know it's like these 
multi-level marketing companies. It's like, you're not an entrepreneur if you're at the bottom of a pyramid. Yeah. Yet, that's what they all label themselves. Do you know what I mean? Mm. The entrepreneur that's there, the guy, Mr. Herbal Life, he's the entrepreneur there that's got yeah. thousands of you working from your kitchen. Sure. Okay. So I do agree that it's not easy to be an entrepreneur and that a lot of people think that success is easier than it is. Yeah. But it is also possible to be successful, whoever you are, I think. Well, there's opportunity there, but not everyone's yes. cut out for it. There's an opportunity we could all become professional footballers, but you need to be talent, talented, you need to work hard, mm. you need the work ethic. But these are key ingredients that I think 90% of people lack, yet they won't admit that to themselves, and they'll buy into the six-minute abs, the seven-minute abs. Not mm. the guy that's selling that product yeah, has yeah. been working out in the gym for oh, yeah. 10 plus years and is probably on juice, steroids. Definitely. He's willing Definitely. to do something that you're not willing to do and sell you a product that's going to shortcut you to that. So that's what mm. all these people do. Yeah. Tony Robbins, Gary Vee, they are selling a program to people where people turn up and think, in this 30 minutes that Gary Vee's on the stage, he's going to give me that secret sauce mm. or that awesome tip. And I'm willing to put hard-earned cash down to find this out when there is no yeah, secret. Yeah, there's to find out. It's like it's not secret. If you sit down and you just responsibly get like your priorities done each day, you can be successful. If you need to pay someone to sort of tell you what your priorities are, then yeah, and it's also action. Action yeah. is the key thing, and that's how come I've got I, the law of attraction to me is absolute bullshit. Cool, have a vision, a target, have a vision board if you want to, but sticking post-it notes on a whiteboard isn't going to make shit happen. You've yeah. actually got to go and do that thing. And that's where I think most people fall down. So I'm almost like calling bullshit on these people. Um, I like to call them like the second tier. I call them contrepreneurs. So it's yeah. contrepreneurs telling entrepreneurs how to be entrepreneurs. And I think it's I think okay. it's um, irresponsible, really. It's almost like preying on the vulnerable or the mm. or like the, the weak that aren't mentally strong enough to realize and identify what they need to do to be successful. If you're on YouTube looking for motivation and inspiration, you're in the wrong place. Mm. Do, do you know what I mean? Like Arnie's not Arnie didn't go on YouTube and watch videos on how to lift weight or any of these things, and he didn't think, Do you know, what, I'm going to watch well, this video. And then he like, didn't have the option back then, but he did read the, the magazines and he did try and find. But then he went and did it. Weights. But yeah, he went he and did it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I've I've seen people saying, oh yeah, I've watched this thing on the keto diet. I've watched this thing on the next diet, the next fat diet. It's like, mm. but what you're actually doing? You're telling me why you're eating your Domino's on a Friday. You're telling me all about it. You know that person in the office that talks about? Oh yeah, so many things. Yeah. Like, oh, I haven't quite had time for it, but I'm going to do this next. And you're like, Monday. I always thought everything's Monday. Oh, I'm going to start yeah. on Monday. So yeah, and that's all I wanted. I just want them people just to accept. Listen, you're not going to be that thing. So stop putting pressure on yourself and just accept mm. what you've got. Really, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, I think, well, I studied science as a degree and you fundamentally learn to be scientific about all the sources coming at you and actually see yeah. what is truth and what is not. And that, I think, is a really useful skill for anyone to learn, which is quite hard if you don't go through a whole like degree teaching you to like not believe everything you get sent. And yeah, and, yeah it's really impossible, really, with just the amount of stuff that comes at you that is kind of selling things. And because you just have your feed that is built by the things you've already clicked on as well, which is super unuseful these yeah. days so you don't even see the other options that you could be thinking about so you never really get challenged so much in your views yeah well i've, I've noticed if you challenge any of their views especially on linkedin linkedin is the platform that i do um the best from in terms of getting new customers getting new inquiries people interested in what i'm doing um and i would say most of these people that post themselves up as like gary v doesn't isn't on linkedin really he's on there but he doesn't really use it in the same way that he's on instagram or he's on twitter mm. um not none of, none of them are really but what you've got is like a second kind of tier it's a second tier of these people that i've got a problem with yeah 
And it's they're the ones that haven't really done anything. Like they've, they've, you know, they say they do thousands of hires and they've given people like massive mm. opportunities and stuff. But if you just look at the job history, they've never had a job role where they can actually do that, and they've never been in employment long enough to achieve these things. It's just like I said before, it's like paint by numbers, even done for you marketing for this type of person because they're all following the same. Um, it's like they've all read crushing it, and they're just mm. like, oh, let's just copy that. We'll make some pillared content and we'll use it and break it down into its formats that suits your social media platform. It's just ridiculous. But if you challenge them on their own content they will either block you report yeah. you or delete your content and i'm speaking from experience i'm currently going through a shadow shadow ban on linkedin due to um me highlighting the similarities between certain influencers posts and then saying well someone's lying or someone's copied yeah. somebody else here and then they put in a complaint to linkedin about what i do so so it is true if you challenge them they, you know but my post is full of this stuff the stuff that i sort of don't like or parody or take the mick out of yeah it's full of it because it seems to be spawning more and more of that type type of mm. person with absolutely no sort of evidence in the background that they've achieved or done any of the things that they claim to have done yeah it's funny age now it's sort of with like the fake news but it's so more difficult with sort of mini celebrities that aren't really anything to anyone apart from like perhaps the group of people following them yeah so it's not like any newspaper is going to sort of talk about this person that no one's heard about apart from the twenty thousand followers that they have so there's never going to get like caught up well caught out by it yeah. or told off so yeah it's really hard to actually police that in any way so yeah it's good that there's some people like you doing that apart from we are fighting banned. a good fight <laughs> we are the, the the evil side or the dark side of linkedin there's there's a few of us on there yeah but, um yeah um, there's a lot of people that sort of agree with it or mm. we're all banned by the same people it's it's uh, interesting it's interesting now because i think what people are we're smarter than we used to be in terms of everything and yeah. I, I mean that in terms of how people market to us and advertising we know when we're being advertised to i think personally mm. so you're watching yeah. you're watching a movie now and someone uses a Nokia handset or someone uses a, an iPhone or someone mm. drives a Volvo or whatever, yeah, yeah. you're thinking they paid for that product to be there. But we're aware of this now. We weren't, you know, back in the 80s and 90s, but now we are. So we're a lot more aware of it. So all these people trying to push us products and stuff online, I think, well, I like to think we realize that everyone's selling us something. Everyone's selling us a dream, really. Mm. Um, but then on the flip side, it seems like some people can't see when something is advertising or bullshit. You know, like the followers I'm on about are these, yeah. these people. Um, and I'd say Gary Vee's followers are quite the same. Uh, some of the worst for it yeah you know look okay. how many people abandon k-swiss trainers we've seen his k-swiss trainers that he's got out yeah and he's, he, he advised people to buy 10 pairs and then flip them sell them on ebay for a profit yeah oh, Jesus. well of course you're going to recommend that gary so you sell thousands and thousands of pairs of trainers and people did Jeez. i've seen a few people wearing them today you know walking around london yeah because obviously he's on tomorrow so wow that's crazy but then fair enough it's good if you've, you've got an actual following that would do that mm. like brain dead sheep is what i call them you say buy it and they buy it crazy isn't it yeah mm. A bit confused. I feel like maybe some of these people aren't that stupid, but they just haven't had like enough life experience or are being naive or something. Because they they are quite compelling at saying these things. And if you have never run a business or done anything, and then someone comes and sort of says everything of how they're going to do it and things, it's it seems like they're real. Like how you how do you know the difference between a true person and a fake person? So it is easier for someone like you or me that knows about this more to sort of walk into a conference with Gary Vee and be like, whoa, this is bullshit. But I suppose it's all set up, isn't it, for you yeah. to sort of like swallow it hook, line, and sinker. Mm. But to be fair, he's a good one. Yeah, like he's good in the in the sense that he's found his niche, the way he's marketed himself. One thing I don't really understand is what is he doing it for anymore? Mm. You know, you said before about what is success. It'd be interesting. I get to ask him a question tomorrow. 
be interesting to know what is his sort of end goal. Like, is it a number? Is it a figure? Whether it be you want it, for some people, I know it could be charity work. I want to be able to mm. build a school. I want to be able to donate. I want to be able to set up. I met a guy recently in Manchester, and he says he'll see success if he can buy sort of like an old warehouse in Manchester and um, kit out with beds and stuff to give homeless people in Manchester a place to stay. Cool. So he wanted to use his business to make enough money to be able to afford to do that. So I know that's kind of what his goal was, but. You know, what's Gary Vee's goal now? To get another thousand mm. followers, to get another million followers, to get make more money. You know what what's the figure that would stop him? What is success for you? Like what is your goal? Um I, I feel I'm successful because I can do what I want in mm-hmm. terms of online. I get lots of messages saying I wish I could like or share or comment your on your content, but I'm not allowed to because work won't let me or HR has yeah. told me I'm not allowed to. So I, I just about feel in my mind, I can pick and choose where I work. I can pick and choose when I work. Um, if I don't want to do something, I don't do it. I can post whatever I want. You know, it's almost like that freedom to be in a position where you can do it. It's not like a financial amount. It's not like success is being is making ten million or five million or a hundred million. I've not got a figure on it. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost like the option to do what I want when I want, really, or the opportunity to do it. Okay. And so, do you hope to demotivate like a million people? Oh, yeah, ten good point. people. Um, if I can just stop one person becoming a self-appointed influencer, that will be mm. a job well done. So if I can stop one person becoming the next Bridget or Oleg, then I will be very happy with that and my work will be done because there's too many of them people out there. So yeah, just like, you know, motivation people might say, if I just motivate one person to make their life better, if I can just demotivate one person that wants to achieve that into not achieving that, then I'll be pleased with myself. Okay. So what would you say if, <laughs> if I go, you know what, Mike? I'm going to quit this podcast. I'm, I'm influencing people and telling them they can achieve their dreams and stuff. Does that mean that you could just like pack up and go home and be like, oh, success? Yeah, yeah, I'll be happy with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shit. No, you must meet some people and just think like, and you've probably interviewed them. I know you probably can't answer this to mm. say yes, but there must be some people you think your dreams are too big, like you're not going to achieve that. And it's like, when do you tell that person? Oh, yeah. So I definitely notice it a lot with people that I mentor, maybe who are kind of young and sort of naive. And it's kind of damage control almost as a mentor being like, yeah, go try it. And you know they're going to fail. And yeah. you're like, well, if I try and give you the exact advice right now, you're just not going to listen to it anyway. So I'll try and give you like the best advice for your situation. And then maybe in two years time, you'll have learned some stuff and you'll come back to me and we'll do something that's actually useful. But I speak to a lot of people in startups. And what I find is how you handle them people. It's almost like a parent and child relationship. Mm. They don't want to be told exactly how to do something, even if you know it's right. Does that make sense? Mm. What you need to almost do is like, let them think they've thought it themselves. So yes. it's almost like it's the advice you want to give them, but it's almost like they've got to discover it at their own pace. Yeah, yeah, they have to give it to the, themselves kind of thing. Yeah, but you could tell them that right from the off. Like sometimes mm. like I hear stuff and I think that's so obviously a stupid idea. Yeah. But you can't say that's a stupid idea. Yeah, because if you do, then they'll have to revolve. prove that they're right. Exactly. Whereas if you don't and you somehow like open it up to suggestions that there are other options, they might at some point realize them and then be like, oh, this is such a bad idea. Like say... Uh, it's, this is the thing as well people always try and look for something because they've seen other people do it but nine times out of ten that means the opportunity is gone in that sector i think i think there's certain conditions for a business to do really really well um and there's a certain kind of like um 
almost like a checklist for businesses mm. that I look for and think, oh, do you know what? That's actually in the right sector. It's the right kind of voice. It could really be disruptive. It's like a, offer a real alternative to what's out there. When I hear people now, and most of these people that are online, on Insta, I call them like Insta gurus, mm. it's like, yeah, we're doing drop shipping. We're doing, it's always like you're mm. just on the next trend, but you're like the thousandth person doing that. So yeah. unless you're the first, you're the best or you're the fastest at doing something, you're mm. not going to be successful. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And that's what most people turn to because that's what's forced on them. That's what they see. If you're on Instagram mm. and you're on YouTube and you're consuming that kind of content, you become a product of what you, you consume. I read books. Yeah. I read books all the time. But I read books on a wide range of different things. Um, I've experienced a lot of different things in business. If I lived my life on Facebook, I live my life on, on Instagram, you'd think that is the only thing out there. You think you have to buy that Lambo, that's seen as it's yeah. you see what I mean? And I think that's the thing, especially with younger business people, they all think that, oh, that's the sort of the model that I need to follow and it's like you're in the wrong sector you're not going to be as successful like that person because they started this three years ago four years ago five years ago definitely and if there is like a million tutorials on YouTube like how to make all your money off Amazon or um, like use a crypto mining boss or something yeah. and you know if someone's selling you this they're probably not doing that well out of it themselves to have put so many hours into making this content for you well like you said before kind of you've got someone there saying they're making all these millions of pounds yet mm -hmm. then they're asking you for like a one thousand pound payment to get the course on the yeah, secret yeah, behind it it's like well where are you making your money because i'll be honest if i sold a business for 10 million pounds um i wouldn't be bothered about getting 500 pounds off you or a thousand pound because it's a drop in the ocean i'm not mm. asking you just go and do the same thing again if, if you needed more money i'm saying yeah yeah You'd go and do the same thing again rather than wasting time building an audience, getting followers, marketing, you know, hijacking a tribe, all these things that people talk about. Mm. For what? For a few hundred quid per person. It's, it's a lot of effort for very minimal rewards if you are as successful at the other thing that you're saying you are. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. It makes 100% sense. So I would just counterpoint on you're saying that you look for things that are completely innovative and different and that you can be competitive in something that's completely the same like pretty much all of the things Richard Branson has done most of his virgin stores they're always like you know virgin finance virgin planes um like virgin media when that came out like there were already phone companies there were broadband companies but he came on and like owned the market but because he was super good at marketing and really thought about it. So you can go into a competitive oh, I mean, market. Oh, yeah, no, I'm not so, well. Yeah, so I'm saying like a competitive market, but you need to offer a genuine alternative. Yeah. So a perfect example was, um, perfect example might be, say, um, say if there's GiftGab, mm. a nice example with mobile phones. Like mobile phone was saturated. But what GiftGab, GiftGab, GiftGab did was rolling. GiftGab gave. GiftGab like rolling contracts, cancel any time, you, you can put the SIM in any uh, handset, where no one else did that. What they wanted to do was tie you into a long contract, tie you to a handset, mm. make you have to pay penalty fees to get out. So it was like they've gone into a market and then offered basically the opposite of what the whole industry was doing. So then it became a real either-or choice. Yeah. So they did well, and like obviously Giftcap did really, really well. And I could, there's, there's lots of examples of that. But um, yes. Purple Bricks, like they did something completely different. Whether you like mm. them or you don't like them, they went into that sector and then said, well, we're not going to charge a percentage on the sale. We're going to fix pricing. You can upload your own pictures. We'll... And they did it. So, yeah, there's loads of examples where you can go into a market. But what they do differently is deliver a service in a completely different way. So it gives the potential customer a real um, choice. You know, do you want to do it the traditional way or do you want to do it this way? Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely complete sense. It might not. You might, you might not agree with it, but that, in my mind, that's what I always look for. And I think that's mm. with any sector. So if I was going to open up a business in another sector, I would say, can there, can there be a workable alternative to what's out there? Yeah. If so, then you look at your marketing. Like how do we market ourselves to be different? What's the biggest risk you've taken? Um, 
biggest risk? Good question. Oh, well, probably accepted Oleg's friend request on a connection request on LinkedIn. Oleg. Yeah, you know who Oleg is, surely. Oleg's, um, he's like the godfather of LinkedIn. He um, posts inspirational, motivational messages every day. Uh, lots of hiring messages. He works for the Daily Mail. And now it means that I get to see his content in my feed all day long. So that was the biggest risk. It's almost like getting in bed with the enemy or... yeah. You know, keeping your friends close, your enemies closer. So accepting his friend request just a couple of weeks ago is probably the biggest risk I've ever taken recently that comes springs to mind. Okay. I mean, other things is quitting work and setting up my own business and stuff like that. But mm. Too was... motivational to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, what is the kindest thing someone has ever done for you? Kindest thing? Yeah. So <clears throat> I used to work for a company and um, the guy who owned it, there was a job opportunity that came up. Uh, it would have been like a promotion and it went to someone outside the company and it wasn't really advertised internally. And I mentioned to this person that I was a bit upset. It was something that I would have been interested in and I wanted to know where he saw me in that business over the next two years. And he said, well, I did well in sales. I did well in telesales. I made enough money for the business doing that job role. So there, basically, while you're making so much money for the business in that job role, this is where you're going to stay. And I said, it didn't really fit with what I wanted to achieve in sort of life and outside of work. So... I wanted to look at alternatives and he said to me, take a month off work, go and find what it is you're looking for and if you can't find what you are looking for, you've still got a job here with me and in that month, and he was my boss, Yeah, wow. and in that month, I found a job opportunity with a brand new startup that had no employees, they had a single page website that I ended up going and working for, I ended up working there for five years and that's where I learned about startup businesses from the ground up as in being the first employee. Yeah. Now, not only did he do that for me, I was only 25 at the time, 24 or 25 at the time. He also paid for me out of his own pocket to go on a personal like personal development course. Um, and I met this guy called Darren and he kind of told me really, really simple and basic things like Darren said, I only wanted to work four days a week. So I worked four days a week. And it was just like getting that clarity of what you need to do. He said, I wanted yeah. to earn £4,000. Um, I wanted to earn £4,000 a week in cash, you know, in, in salary. So I realized if I only want to work four days a week, I've got to charge £1,000 a day. So I went and only found clients that were willing to pay £1,000 a day. And it was that real, real clear clarity on what you want and how how to achieve it that I learned at age 25. Oh. And, but um, the person that sent me on this course and paid for it, Martin, um, I'd say that's the kindest thing because it kind of like opened me up. He said I was ready for it. He could see yeah. something that I was ready to do. And even though he knew I'd be leaving his business, and we still keep in touch now. And I'm 34 yeah. now. So 10 years later, we still speak. Cool, that's really nice. And also quite motivating that you uh, got advice from someone, but I guess he wasn't a entrepreneur as such as... No, because he work. was someone that had really done it. He yeah, had yeah. A, ran a successful business and he could see, you know, he could mm. see that, you know, I was ready for to move on. He could see that I, obviously I had bigger ambitions for myself and I was going to take the, the action to make that thing happen, really. Yeah, he didn't just say a bunch of fluffy stuff for a few hours and then... Yeah, I wasn't going there and saying, oh, I want week. an extra day annual leave or I want yeah, an yeah. extra, I want a thousand pound a year pay rise. I wanted to go because I wanted to see what did he have planned for me for the next two years and how do I, you know, what what can I learn elsewhere? And I moved somewhere else. And even then he still said, it speaks to me while I was there saying, if you want to come back, you're more than welcome. That's cool. Uh, what would you say has made you, um, what's the the most demotivating thing that's ever happened to you? Uh, I'd, say, I'd say one of the one of the is when people now tag me into content uh, that they post online um, without realize like as in like oh I'll tag Mike Winnerton but they tag me in with the people that I actually despise on there so it's like I'm seen as that to certain people like oh so say I'll like say Bridget and then they'll tag me in as well it's like no I'm the opposite of these people yeah so it's like some people have started to say 
oh, that's inspirational, that's motivational. Mm. It's like, no, I'm not that. I'm taking the piss out of those people. Do you see yeah. what I mean? It's an awkward one because you're trying to say sort of that you can be inspirational and you can do things if you do it correctly, whereas they're just sort of blanket inspiration but the wrong type and you don't want to be yeah, seen course. as them. Like I say, scratch below the surface and yeah. these people haven't done anything. It's almost like that sometimes it's... But the, yeah, so that's something that bothers me at the moment. It's not yeah, too much. Sure. I don't really sleep over it. Like. It hasn't made you quit doing it. No, to be honest, I can I can take online, I can leave, take it or leave it really. I, I never had social media before this. LinkedIn yeah. was the only social media platform I had. The only reason I've actually got a website set up and set up an Instagram and got on Twitter is just because when the book gets released, mm. it's just that there's more channels to be able to promote the book. Mm. And um, it's, it's interesting because there's, there is actual real business advice in there. It's not all just me just taking the mick out of people and saying, like, yeah. this doesn't work. It's almost like saying how people have misinterpreted certain rules, like fake it before you make it. Mm. Oh, that's been misinterpreted and work hard. Sorry, work smart, not hard. It's like, no, that's been misinterpreted, them kind of things. So it's a breakdown of the rules that everyone's following and how I see they've been hijacked by entrepreneurs. See what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I, I can take or leave social media, to be honest. You are what you consume, aren't you? And there's no I, minimum IQ entry level for social media, so you're associating yourself with simpletons, yeah. I would say. Do you not think you're being a bit rude to the general population when you're calling all these people simpletons and saying nice and people are inept at stuff? And yeah, yeah, probably, probably. But we, we can do this. We, we can do this now. How many people have you worked with in work or in life and that you would actually say, I would choose to work with them again? Just be honest. I, I couldn't tell you the exact number, but a, a lot a lot of people are pretty cool. But then I have made a point of spending time with the people that are really good and like actively seeking people out. As in like I've done a podcast, finding the coolest people on the planet to work with. Yeah. So maybe I have a bit of an attribution error of who's good to work with. So I've worked in a, like call centers before. There's like 300 people on yeah. dialers on multiple floors. And I would say like, I, would, I wouldn't trust them like to go get some milk from the shop let alone like make any sort of executive decisions so i would say i go on the basis that you know you're lucky you're lucky if you've got maybe like 10 people that you can actually fully trust and oh mate it's definitely more than 10 people easily but also i went to a really good university and yeah good schools and things so maybe because i've never really worked in like a big business i spent well i worked in a call center for like a month once and but some of the people really nice like actually (laughs) I felt like they were okay. I judge a person by the content that they like and share. And if you're sharing that content, in my mind, you've got to be stupid. That's why I call them sheeple. Yeah. <laughs> There's brain dead sheeple just following like what everybody else does rather than thinking for themselves. But if that offends anyone, cool. I'm not, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. It doesn't bother. Yeah. I guess I'd like to think that people could be converted rather than just sort of saying, oh, you're stupid. You'll stay stupid. I'm like, oh, you've been getting it wrong. But <laughs> well, ignorance is bliss, right. isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Ignorance is bliss. And I just think it's, it's easier to believe that, you know, that how it's being portrayed to you by these ultra positive people is true. But we, we live in a world where that isn't true. Do you mm. know what I mean? We're in a world where the media's lying, lying to us, politicians are lying to us, the banks are lying to us, everything's like stacked against us. So yeah. you can't just like wish on a star and this shit's yeah, going to happen. The stuff that's popular is kind of lies, so like clickbait. So I did a post on um, like an actual life hack that is not any normal life hack list because of the top 10 life hacks are all kind of things that probably aren't real life hacks and no one actually then goes and does sort of like you're not going to do like an hour of meditation a day and like follow the person. Who's got time for that? Yeah, exactly. So like the, a, a real life life hacks go to work in your go to bed in your actual work clothes you've saved yourself half an hour in the morning there's a real life hack but it's mm. bullshit isn't it who's going to do that yeah. I mean some people might do that actually I don't yeah. know but other people that go to sleep in their gym clothes so they wake up and go to the gym kind of thing I think that's, mm. that's a good one um, yeah my, my one was 
just uh, learn to touch type because it takes you like five minutes a day for like, yeah, it might take you six months, but by the end of it, you can kind of save yourself so many hours a day and you're not like thinking. So you get like way more creative it's when you're not actually thinking about touch typing and it's like a hack for the rest of your life. Whereas if you just meditate, you have to like get up and make yourself meditate every day and it doesn't really, if you wake up next year and you suddenly stop doing it, like you haven't got any benefits kind of thing. I was on the train, right? It's yeah. interesting you say this because I was just talking about this on, on the way down on the train now, but I was on the train on Wednesday and I was going from Warrington to Manchester to do this small group, um, like, what do you call it? business talk basically yeah. and there, was, there was different uh, startups and they were talking to me about their problems and stuff but it was really interesting because it was like really I just like facilitated the group and they kind of like come to an answer between themselves and they come up with an answer and stuff it was really really interesting some really cool guys there and when I was on the train I ended up getting off at stop early I ended up getting off at Deansgate because it was that packed I'd not been on a train at like rush hour it was that packed and I looked around the, tra- the carriage and I would say about 80% of people were just on mobile phones mm. I was stood next to a girl and she was on Instagram scrolling through picture after picture after picture of like, you, you can imagine who it was. It was like X on the beach people, MTV, yeah. like, like celebrities liking, liking stuff, boohoo, liking, like, like, like. Um, then she'd come off that, she'd go on Snapchat. She was on Snapchat for about two minutes. Then she went off that onto uh, back onto Instagram, onto Facebook, scroll, scroll, scroll. And I was on that train for about 30 minutes. I was getting too hot and it was getting too crowded. So I just thought, fuck this, I'm going to get off. Yeah. So I ended up getting off of stuff earlier. And as I, as I got into the, the meeting with these people, I said, you are the content you consume. Mm. Every day she's probably on that train. Because she was on before me, and she was still on when I got off. So every day she's on that train for 30 minutes, there and back to work. That's an hour a day. What could you learn five days a week in five hours a week that could mm. actually benefit your life? Rather than spend it looking at what Kim Kardashian said for breakfast, mm. uh, what so and so said about someone else on Snapchat, what's on you know um, what's happening on X on the beach, and just thought that's what's going into your head. You're actually yeah. dumbing it down. Yeah. And she wasn't the only one, by the way. There was lots, but it's just I was so close to I could see everything that was on her phone, and I just thought you could be learning a language now. You could be listening to an audio book. You could be doing things that would actually increase your earning potential. Could be increasing your job prospects. Could be interest. Could be improving your act life but what you're yeah. doing i think it's like damaging mm. yeah social media definitely i think makes you stupid um well is a, so th- that, a that goes back to my point then so you're saying it's wrong to call these people stupid but how much time is lost to social media now mm, loads. and we are the biggest consumers of social media so i would say while we've got the ability and we're smart in the sense that we know when people are advertising to us we're also we've regressed in terms of intelligence mm. you know like, like people think that movement in any direction is progression but i don't think it is at all i honestly think that yeah we are as we are the opportunity is there the internet can open up anything we can mm. use it for whatever we want to and what do what do we go and do we've got porn sites here there and everywhere we've got we, we kind of like don't take advantage of the opportunity that's there mm. and that's what yeah, i'm saying it's them it, and that's what i think the majority of people yeah, people are and what majority of people do i think if you can convince someone to put their phone onto airplane mode and time themselves for 25 minutes to just do the task that they set themselves doing yeah. they can get a lot of shit done in a day and that's awesome that's what i'd want to motivate people to do is yeah, if i yeah. just go and say oh you're stupid you check social media all the time that's not that useful so as in i want to Tell people the realistic thing and how they do it better. I don't just want to like purely demotivate them, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. But maybe you are doing that as well because it sounds like you're giving good advice on stuff. Yeah, like I say, I, I find motivation in, in demotivation. It's like, how bad would this be? If you're still doing this stuff, yeah. you're going to miss out on things that you really want to achieve. Do you know 
mean? Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that makes such a big difference. You just sort of put your phone in a different room or in your backpack or something yeah, yeah. whilst you're trying to get some work done. And you get work done. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, anyway, is there anything you majorly wanted to talk about that I haven't asked you? Can I plug my book? Yeah, you've spoken about it a lot. So yeah, so it's a working title, actually. It's either going to be called Demotivate Me or The Contrepreneur. So, and that is basically breaking down the myths um, that these contrepreneurs tell you that you should be following, that many of these rules that they don't follow themselves. Yeah. And it's kind of like where people have got them wrong and where they've hijacked them because they're too lazy to do the graft to actually be successful. Yeah. So it's almost like you've misinterpreted the rule because it's easier to do your version than do the actual rule. Mm. And a good example is that to Tim Ferriss, you know, the four-hour week. Yeah. So he split tested the title of that book. He tried all different titles, and that yeah. was the book that, t- that did the Definitely. best. Well, why did it? Because if you read the book and it talks about him doing ninety-hour work weeks, if he called mm. it ninety-hour work week, it wouldn't have sold. Yeah, yeah that? it wasn't written exactly for that title. Really. Exactly, of course not. But so we're inertly lazy. So oh wow, it's like the seven-minute abs or the six-minute abs. It's just yeah. it's basically to kind of like show you, you know, this is why you are unsuccessful. If you bought this book, it's because you bought other. Mm entrepreneurial books or business books but this is why you're doing it wrong because you're trying to find the answer in these fucking books instead of going out and doing that thing basically Mm. I (laughs) would say that actually the 4 hour work week is quite a good book (laughs) yeah it's it's not a bad one do you know what's funny about this I do a lot of research you're not going to work for 4 hours a week if you read it but you could maybe learn a bit more about how to run a business and scale yourself yeah and not just that it's um, it's like focus on the the things that get the biggest results it's not Mm. saying you know you've read the book but you know what I'm saying definitely is but yeah I've done loads of research for the Mike Winnett book and obviously loads of research to to read these books and some of them I'm surprised they've sold so many copies because it's absolute nonsense Mm. and they're the books that kind of get targeted and ripped to shreds in my book but there are some good there are some good ones out there yeah it's annoying because yeah you want to know exactly which ones are the best and focus on them so I was talking about it's sort of instead of trying to read as much as possible as in applying a more as a 2080 rule to your book so if you read like 20% of it and it's not that good sort of stop it on like 80% of them yeah and the ones that you suddenly have more time for reading of that are really good read them like five times yeah because then you'll actually learn how to operate everything they've just told you rather than just reading it once and forgetting it yeah of course of course um, but yeah, it would be good to just know in advance if it's going to be like a contrepreneur book as opposed to a really good one. And like I was put off the four-hour work week for a long time because of the title, because yeah. it was so stupid. And certainly the four-hour chef and the four-hour body just weren't that good books. Yeah. But the, the four-hour work week was actually quite good. Yeah, yeah it's, it's all right. Kind of sells you on something that it then doesn't do. Yeah. But that's life. Uh, do you have any favorite books? Um, do you know what? I always say the same book and it's weird because it's, well, it's a bit basic The Rules yeah. of Wealth by Richard yeah. Templer and it's just it's, it's like 113 rules now but I've got the version which is 100 rules and it basically explains like what wealthy people do mm. to become wealthy create wealth how to manage the wealth and what to do and it's you kind of read it up to where you're at so you might stop at rule 17 and that might be where you're at at this moment in time and then obviously as you achieve certain things you read further into the book and I've had that book for maybe 10 years and I probably read it maybe three Three, four times a year depending on to see what I'm up to and what I'm doing cool and I, I got that as a gift when I was 24 yeah 25 someone got that me for my birthday and um I keep it with me all the time so mm. it's understand about you know setting yourself financial goals yeah creating passive income what to do with it you know what lots lots and lots and lots of rules that we're not taught in school mm. I say we're not taught in school 
becoming working class people. We're not taught these things in school because obviously the system's set up so working class people don't become financially free because as soon as we we do that, then who's going to drive mm. the buses? And yeah, if everyone decided to be an entrepreneur tomorrow, who's ever going to work in the businesses that are That's operating? one thing I say in my book. If everyone's got a side hustle and owns a business, who the fuck's buying? Yeah. There'll be no customers anymore because everyone's got their own thing. So, you know, don't quit your day job because we need that. That's that's dangerous to the economy if you go and set up. Mm. Imagine living in a, a city where there's 20, you know, 20,000 business owners like that popping up, like, you know, yeah. here, there and everywhere. Yeah, it'd be chaos. Um, yeah. And so what, if people want to follow you on social media. At my... Yeah. So uh, on Twitter, it's at Demotivate Me UK. Mm-hmm. And on LinkedIn, it is Mike Winnett. But because they've stopped people being able to search for me, you have to put, um, what are they? Speech marks? Yeah, speech marks. After my name. So it's Mike Winnett, speech marks. That's the only way you can find me now. Wow. Um, they said it's, it, well, they've done it on purpose. Yeah. Um, We've got a bit of a love-hate relationship. It might have been because, you know, Jeff Weiner that owns or used to run LinkedIn. Um, I did a post saying, fuck Jeff Weiner and fuck your algorithm. And it was yeah. after that post that then... Yeah, that so probably that would be my idea. advice to anyone that wants to, you know, create a following on LinkedIn. Don't start taking shots at the guy that runs the show. Yeah. Because can make it difficult for you if he wants to. But equally, it was <laughs> probably of one of my most supported posts anyway. It was an open yeah. letter to LinkedIn and it was everything that's wrong with their algorithm. Yeah. So it's worth a read. Cool, thanks. Um, yeah, I'll send you some relevant stuff also. Uh, yeah, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Cool, thanks for having me. Pleasure. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation and it really raised some fascinating points for me. So I'll dive straight into my top tips. Number one, don't be a contrepreneur. So I guess I had only thought about how I could try and convince people that they can do more with their lives. But really what I want to do is just help them live the best life they can. I don't want to be another entrepreneur selling the message that anyone can be ultra successful with like five simple tricks or something. And I never want to be selling conferences in a course that will change your life to people whose lives I actually can't change. So I really don't want to push the message at all that things are easy or that you can get the key to happiness or success by just listening to me. You definitely have to take on the growth mindset and acknowledge and work at all your weaknesses. So recognize your strengths and where you can develop further and optimize your time for learning and executing and not just consuming more knowledge endlessly. So anyway, basically it's a very humbling message for myself and a realization to be told that I could be selling full streams to my listeners, which was something I hadn't even thought that I might be doing by accident. So it's great to just make sure that I do focus on really only making content that is really useful for people and isn't just clickbaity bullshit. Two, you are the content you consume. This is so important these days because it's super easy to get caught up with your social media feed or go on a two hour YouTube binge or watching Netflix or Love Island. Well, at least that's what I hear. I mean, I could never watch Love Island, but anyway. The point is that the internet and technology is just a real amplifier and it can be super dangerous. It gives great access to science and learning, but at the same time, unlimited content that is useless. And depending on what you choose to consume, it will really affect you. And you are just the direct result of the information that you're taking in. And if you're constantly on social media, then you're never going to be successful. You're pretty much just making yourself stupider. If you can optimize your time for reading quality content and learning, then the world is actually your oyster. So just be really mindful of what it is you're doing when you're using your technology. Three, you can't buy instant success. Now, basically, 
If you're not already doing something, working towards your goals, trying to just pay for an instant success on something is probably the biggest waste of money you can ever do. As well as the examples that Mike gives on courses like Tommy Robbins sells and things, I certainly have my own examples in code boot camps. There's so many code boot camps that will sell you like zero to hero in three months if you just give them like 10 grand. And literally, if you don't do any work beforehand and you just turn up on this course day one, having never written a line of code, 99% guarantee you will finish the course and you won't be able to code still. Like to be successful on something like that, you really need to put in like three to six months beforehand of learning the super basics of coding and really getting your head around the concepts because you'll arrive at the course and you just won't be able to do anything at all. And it's the same with entrepreneurship and just general success. If you just have never done anything and you expect to just give some money and it'll all just be super easy, basically you'll never get there because it is hard and there's a reason why not everyone is successful. Otherwise, everyone would already be successful. So basically, don't just pay for something that sounds too good to be true because it is too good to be true. And now onto books. Mike recommends The Rules of Wealth by Richard Templer. Now this sounds like a great read. It's described as the guiding principles that will help you generate more money, handle it more wisely, grow it more effectively, and use it to live a happier, more fulfilling and comfortable life. So I've no idea if this delivers on all of its promises, but Mike says it's the best read that he knows and rereads it frequently. So I'm assuming that it does. So I'm quite keen to give it a listen myself to see if it's worth rereading a few times. Mike's own books are available to pre-order from his website, demotivateme.co.uk. He has two titles coming up, Contrepreneur, Everyone's Winning But You. In this book, he challenges the seemingly awesome lives of entrepreneurs who are killing it in their private jets and working half an hour a month from a beach and he reinterprets leading business books into something more truthful. His other book is called Are You Average? 40 Telltale Signs That You Are Average. The premise is that you have the same number of hours in the day as the world's most successful people, but you clearly lack the drive, the work ethic, and just the talent that they have, so that's why they are more successful than you. This book is, to quote, stop any idea you may have of making the world a better place and just getting you to accept that this is it. It's time to admit that you're average. This does sound thoroughly demotivating to me and I definitely have it on pre-order. If you want to get this book or any others that we speak about on the show, you can get a free month trial of Audible with a free book by signing up using my link audibletrial.com mindset. Now Audible offers an unmatched selection of audiobooks and other audio shows, and I love listening in the gym or cycling around, or also when I'm cooking and I don't want to talk to my flatmate about his problems. They have many great books to remind you how stupid you and other humans are, such as Blink by Malcolm Gladwell, or Sapiens by Yuval Noah Harari, or perhaps one of the most widely read books ever that most people read and still don't understand, A Brief History of Time by Stephen Hawking. If you sign up now and download a free audiobook at audibletrial.com mindset, you can help support this show. The other way to support me is on my Patreon account at patreon.com growthmindset. So I love making these episodes for you and I would love to dedicate more time to it and to just make the best podcast possible. And with your support, I can do that. Other benefits from becoming a patron will include 
the chance to ask questions on the show to me or to guests and to suggest episode topics and suggest guests to be on the show. So if you like what I'm doing, send me some sweet supporting love. Or if you think the podcast is just terrible and really needs to improve, you can improve it with your money. Perfect. So head on over to patreon.com slash growth mindset and join the crew from as little as $1. So that's it, people. Mike did a great job of me doing me dotivating <laughs> demotivating me so good that i can't even say it and i hope he's also demotivated you or motivate I, I don't even remember the mistake that i made anyway i hope you feel similarly demotivated remember if you're listening to this podcast you probably mistakenly clicked on the wrong sam harris podcast and are too stupid to have worked it out now being honest you're never going to succeed at anything and neither will i because like you I am also an idiot. The week ahead of you is probably going to be awful. I'm sure there'll be lots of opportunities to enjoy yourself or do something useful, but you'll be just too busy doing some meaningless, boring crap to actually do anything good for the world or yourself. The next podcast you listen to, it might be good, but it probably will be just okay. It'll just be a bunch of noise that you experience for an hour to distract your semi-average brain from doing something useful like solving problems. You've just listened to an episode of the Growth Mindset Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on your preferred app and give me a good rating as these go a really long way. If you are unable to give good feedback right now, try sharing the show with a friend who will, or just wait for the show to improve. If you have any ideas for the show or you just want to chat, then please reach out to me on Twitter at Sam Harris Tweets or Instagram at Sam Jam Snaps. Show notes and other links to topics discussed in the episodes are available at the website, growthmindsetpodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening. Give yourself a big hug from me. If you're with a friend, give them a hug as well. And I hope you enjoy your next podcast.